0: Good, afternoon, good evening, welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus, my name is Shola, I'm your host, thank you for joining me, I hope you're well, I hope all is good with you in your world, um, it is the 14th day of um, December and um, we're halfway through the month and we've come to the end of 2022 almost and it's been a very fast year, a very eventful year but a very fast year. Um, like i said in my last episode um 2023 is going to be a very big year for nigeria a really big year because we're having a national election and um the stakes are really high the economy is battered the people are hopeless feel very hopeless we're just we just need hope right now and you know we just there are certain candidates that do not inspire hope that unfortunately are on the ticket we know that And there are some candidates that, you know, inspire more hope than others. So, the stakes are really very high. I mean, with everything in life, there are no guarantees. But recently, I've come to realize the importance of hope and that what makes the difference. What, you know, the Bible actually says in, I think, somewhere in Romans that we are saved by hope. And it's actually true because what gets us out of bed every morning is the hope an expectation of something you know it's not by chance that you find that people suffering with you know for who have you know when they're going through really tough times they they can't get out of bed because really it does take hope to get out of bed there is something that has to be something that gets you out of bed just not you know there just has to be something otherwise i mean why really might as well just stay in bed and you know whatever don't really care what happens and so when you see people start saying, I can't get out of bed in the mornings, I stay in bed all day, you know, I don't want to do anything, it's a, it's an indication of what's going on inside of them. Even they may not know, but that's something that everyone should watch out for. So for me, anything that brings hope to people, and I mean really positive hope, not negative hope, is 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 a good thing and should be welcomed because I think hope is is the necessary you know, you need hope. Even as a Christian. Even as a Christian, there's also another scripture that talks about faith, hope, and love. It says of those three, love is the greatest, but it puts them together. You know, faith works by love, hope, um, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So there's a connection between hope, faith, and love. There is no, you know, you can't have faith without hope. You can't have hope without faith and you know as in in the faith of god the faith in christ comes and it works by the love of god so you cannot be walking i can't be walking in faith and then doing things that are hateful to other people once i give in to this to hate and the spirit or emotion of hate then i'm not walking by love neither am i walking by faith so that's just a, a digression or how would i say a preamble to what i really want to reflect on today um i just want to really reflect on this whole relationship that God offers us in Christ Jesus and how it is one of those things in life like oxygen that is such a big thing but you don't you just take it for granted you know and, and I think this COVID pandemic was one thing that made everybody say how important oxygen was because it became a marker even people who don't have respiratory illness you know the way you could tell if they were really getting you know checking oxygen just became a thing you know even when we have um, what's this thing, you know, the oxygen checkers at home, I forgotten the name, they call it now and we use it to, you know you, every time anyone falls ill now, you just sort of like check it, I mean, it just makes you realise that oxygen something that you cannot see something that you don't even think about, you don't, I mean nobody worries about, do I have, you know Oxygen levels, or is there enough air for me to breathe? You know, very few people really worry about that. We just take it for granted that we're going to wake up every morning and that when we sleep, we still have enough oxygen to breathe. Whereas, no oxygen, zero oxygen is equal to death. So, that is exactly how this the Jesus offering is. I'll put it that way. And I say offering in that this whole gospel of Christ. What Jesus did, what he won, who he is, what it means to be saved by him, the blood of Christ, everything that is in the whole package of, everything that is in the salvation um, blessing that the Lord has made available through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so big, yet so easy to dismiss, easy to ignore, easy to underestimate, easy to undermine. It's only the people who have gone through life-changing experiences that have made them appreciate the value of Christ or come to realize what their life is like without Him that can fully, really appreciate the difference that He makes to our life. And I, I compare it to oxygen because oxygen is freely given we do not know the value of it we don't even recognize it's not even if we are thanking god for things or we're being grateful for things in life nobody will say i thank you for oxygen but the person who has struggled to breathe and has had breathing problems and oxygen level issues will be thankful for that oxygen but those people are very few compared to many of us on earth most of us on earth will never even think that oxygen is something that we need to thank god for we don't even acknowledge its existence we don't, even if we acknowledge its existence, we, we do not, we, we, we often will not recognize how important it is. We will not even ascribe if we're doing, I mean, I, I would not say, oh, I passed my exams because oxygen <laughs> was available for me to breathe. I will, who would say that? I would never say that. But the truth is that, yes, the reason why I'm able to do everything that I'm doing on earth is because I have had oxygen to do it, both physically and spiritually. So Jesus is like that, his spiritual oxygen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I never really thought about it that way. That's actually a very, very good analogy. His, his spiritual oxygen. And without him, you will suffocate. You may not know that that's what you are missing. You know, we I may not know. And spiritual suffocation, that's because it's the spirit that is being suffocated, is not obvious on the outside apart from people who are discerning you know these are the things that make people then make very horrible choices you can see their life going in a particular trajectory for some people perhaps they won't even know that there's something wrong with them until they leave this earth you know they leave the body but he's actually exactly like physical oxygen you need it even if you know that you do not need it it gives you life even though you may not appreciate the value or the impact that that life has in you, and the farther you are away from that oxygen, the closer you are to death. Yeah. The inability to process to receive that oxygen, you are living on borrowed time. But I—that's not even so much where I wanted to go. But I—I I think this is very well. Let's assume that's where God wants us to go. But I just wanted to read the scripture in Romans. And and what I'm reflecting on is how important God is and Jesus is in my life. And the fact that I can't imagine what my life would be like without him. And when I read the Bible, there are some verses that get me excited. You know, some that I will sort of like, meh, you know. But there's some that really get me excited. And those are the ones that when I see things like whosoever, when I see things like all men... When I see things like all nations, you know, anything that I can see myself included in it, I always get it, get it very excited. And I like the ones that talk about the, the accessibility of God. I don't know about you, but like me, as a when I was working as a young, you know, intern, staff, employee in a company, I always appreciated those bosses or those leaders that were very accessible. And, and accessibility can happen in a lot of it could mean you know just knowing that if I had a problem I could go to them and they would they would you know they would listen to me it would mean I always knew where they were they prioritized me I just had access access meaning anytime I need to go to them I don't have to think about oh what am I going to say I can just go in there and just say whatever I need to say they're accessible physically they're accessible intellectually they're accessible emotionally that was always a great gift and they gave me the time. You know what it means when a leader, is, you know, they're not looking at their wristwatches, they're listening. You can actually tell that they're listening and they welcome your presence, you know, they, 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 your your perspectives, your insights, what you're saying means a lot to them. You know, I always found it very precious. And these were just leaders of organizations, maybe middle level management, maybe senior level management of a you know the national arm of a multinational company but you can imagine what it's like when the god that is higher than every other god the king the creator of the ends of the earth when he's that accessible and i think what i like the most about christianity and christ And God and the gospel is that it is accessible to everybody. It doesn't tell you you need to be born in this part or You need to do this or do that. All you need to do is just to believe. And in the book of Romans, the book of Romans chapter 10, Paul's letter to the um, church in Rome in the Bible in the New Testament talks a lot about this. If we look at verse 13, this is one of my favorite verses. When it says um it says if i read from verse 12 it says okay let me read for verse okay let me read from verse 9 because the entire chapter is actually quite relevant. but let me read from verse 9 it says that if you shall confess with your mouth the lord jesus and you shall believe in your hearts that god had raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the hearts man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation for the scripture says that whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed for there is no difference between the Jews and the non-Jews for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved I just love that I love that and these are the things that have won me over to Christianity and kept me there because he says even though he was the God of Israel He says that Israel has fulfilled its calling in being the nation by which the Messiah, the chosen Savior, came. But that even as he promised to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, his desire and his goal was that Abraham would be a vehicle of blessing to the nations. And in them bringing in the Messiah, the first thing that Jesus did was to make it clear that he is the light of the world, not the light of Israel, not the light of a nation. He was in the light of the world And this scripture says that That salvation is open to everybody That the Lord is rich The same Lord The same God of Israel The God of Moses The God of Abraham Isaac, Jacob The same God of Genesis That created the, the, the worlds. He is rich In other words He is the same Unto all that call upon Him For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now the critical path in everything we've been talking about here is personal ownership. In other words, I have to call upon him for him to be able to come and save me. I have to do the calling. In fact, from verse 9, it first says, I have to believe first, then I need to confess. And then once once I confess that I believe that this Jesus that actually came to the earth... That is actually God's chosen savior and he's the way, the truth, and the life, I believe that everything he said about himself is really true, he's the son of God, he's the son of man, he was with God in the beginning, he became flesh, he came and he died on the third day, he was resurrected, he died for our sins, you know, I believe that whole story as unbelievable as it sounds, and I confess it and I ask him to come into my life, he says Him that anybody that calls upon him will be saved. Anybody, That just really blows my mind out because it, it, it gives me a lot of confidence because it also shows to me that God really wants to be in my life, but he respects me and he wants me to be the one to ask him to come in. But you know, some if you've ever faced rejection before, you will know that it is not a light thing for God to say that I will not reject anybody who calls upon me because that's what he's saying. He's not just saying that you know you will be saved but what he's saying is that i will not reject you i won't say because of where you are from i won't say because you are this race or you are this ethnicity or you are this gender i'm not going to reject you but you have to be the one to call me and then when you call me in we begin to have this relationship i change you i make you i you know not i i give you a new nature And you start learning about me through my word, and I also begin to learn about you, as you also express yourself to me. And then you become one of my, you become a disciple of God, and a son of God on on earth. And this is a progressive walk. And I think what I also realize is that I'm beginning to realize is that we, I cannot grow beyond my love of God. Yeah, I I can't. So if I still love certain things about my past and about my lifestyle more than I love God, then that's exactly where my faith will remain. And that's how my relationship with God will will remain. And um, recently I learned through Bible school and through the study of the book of John that belief is not something that is static it actually progresses to a stage of consummation and it was a big it was a big revelation for me because it then made me understand why some believers are able to walk in the fullness of power of the power of god more than others i used to think it was maybe maybe i don't know maybe gifts maybe consecration but i'm now realizing that it is all of that but it's, it's about faith it's belief it's faith. Some people have, and and it also made me realize that it's not that they nobody gets to that level of faith instantaneously. There's nobody. They, when, when we studied that, we went through the Gospel of John. We realized that even the disciples went through periods of belief, unbelief, before they actually got to full belief after the resurrection of Christ. So it is normal for us as Christians to go through that phase where you know, you you first have the first belief, you confess him, Jesus comes into your life, and then your belief begins to develop as we we grow in him, we learn more about him, and then it it progresses more as we begin to practice the faith, do things according to his word, and see it actually bring forth results. Then it gets to a level of what you would call consummation, where you totally, as in you are sold out, you believe him and you're able to really walk in the power of him something like what the apostles were doing and your entire life is just centered around Christ and his word and you know the power and the, the faith and all of that but it does take a while and you know a lot some encounters to have gotten to that stage and I think most of us are still at the um development of belief stage and we don't know that there's a progression and um, what that then means is that unbelief can quickly always flip because that that was what we learned again you know in that study was it was really nice it was a very nice study because we and it was really like i said life-changing for me because before i've always wondered why even in my life i noticed that belief and unbelief belief and unbelief And, and i realized that you know just looking at the scriptures you could see that it's actually possible for belief and unbelief, you know, belief to develop and unbelief to develop almost sequentially if care is not taken. Because it's really about your faith in the Word of God and your experience with God, your encounter with God, and the knowledge and the understanding that you have, and then the choices that we make, faith choices that we make as we grow. For some people, and then the love of the Father as well. So, we have to grow in the faith, we also have to grow in the practice of the faith, we have to grow in love and in the practice of that love, in knowledge of God, because you cannot trust what you do not know. So if I'm not growing in my knowledge of God, then it's not possible for my faith in him to grow. And the only way I can grow in my knowledge of God is by interacting with his word, practicing his word, living his word and seeing it yield fruits in my life. It's, it's just a whole stage of, of stuff, you know? But at the end of the day, God says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. At the end of the day, even if my stages of belief and unbelief, when I realize and if I realize that I'm in unbelief concerning something or for some reason my faith is going through a crisis moment, I can still call upon the Lord at that time and ask him to help me out. But, and his promise that he will not reject me. So I think for me, that's a very strong sense of confidence that I have to keep going. And he's, he has saved me so many times from myself, from mistakes that I have made. I think for me, and I'm just going to be very personal right now. And this is just really me speaking. And for me, what I think, what I feel and I sense that I will be doing going forward is to spend a lot of time just letting him know that I value his intervention and his presence in my life and in everything that I'm doing at every stage in time, I continue to ask him to take the reins, to guide me, to show me, to lead me and correct me where I'm wrong, knowing that I would definitely be wrong, you know. When God met, I think it was um, Abraham, he said, walk with me and be thou perfect, be perfect. I'm really getting that sense of there is a real need to walk with God. Not in that superficial, oh I'm a Christian thing, but almost really like almost like even deeper than husband and wife because husband and wife, I mean, you can have secrets between one another. But I mean, in the most intimate sense where you have no secrets and you rely on him Hundred percent, hundred and one percent for everything, and you know, you believe him be before before anyone else, and he's he's the first and the last in your life, and everything in between is just full of him. And learning not to rely on oneself and to call upon him more, not because you cannot do things by yourself, but because you realize that in him. Are the best version of yourself, and because you don't want to do anything, success in life is nothing without Him. And because for you, you want to see life through His lens, it's not enough to experience life on your own terms, but you want to experience it on God's terms. I think, yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you for that. That's I think that's the work that I am on. And I, I want him to feel my heart so that he can help me because I know that it's not something I can do by myself. I'm even exceedingly lazy. So I need him to do some rewiring inside of me to make it more possible. But I think if we start starting off with the desire, because even in this Romans 10, coming to faith in Christ and working with God has to start with a desire. The Bible says blessed are they that see hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled so it all starts with that hunger for righteousness if we, if that hunger i think god reacts to that hunger and we ourselves i mean just like how when you're hungry for food that hunger motivates you to go to the fridge or to go and buy something to eat you know in the same way you cannot walk in righteousness without a hunger the hunger has to come first so that hunger then makes you reach out for God. It makes you call upon Him and He will save you. Whatever it is. And when He says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In this scripture, it's talking about spiritual salvation, which is, you know, securing, securing your place in eternal life. But it also, it can, it can apply to any kind of save salvation, salvation, healing, anything that, you know, deliverance from a toxic situation, you know, from an abusive situation, Situation and whatever, whosoever shall call upon the name, no, the name of the Lord shall be saved. He didn't tell you. He didn't dis. said it. You'll be saved. So I'll just leave it at that. Leave it at that um, because I think um, the Lord has spoken, and I'm grateful for that which He has said. And pro- probably at a, sec- a different music will will reflect on this hunger for righteousness because i i i think that was something that the holy spirit just dropped and i realized that that's that is really the, the key because i think once you have that hunger the hunger will bring everything else the hunger will move you it will also bring god it He it said it's whoever hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled you will be filled He didn't say maybe he said you shall but the hunger has to come first the thirst has to come first thank you very much for listening god bless you stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ i wish you a merry christmas in case i don't get to speak with you again at least or you don't listen to this any of my episodes before the end of the year but i hope you will i will be saying merry christmas every day until christmas i wish you a wonderful 2023 may all your dreams come true May your relationship with God grow beyond your expectation. May his purpose be fulfilled in your life. May you see him and know him in a new way in the new year. And may his presence and his praise never depart from you, from your household, and from all that you hold dear. In Jesus' name, amen.